everyone, and welcome back to Things You Should Care About, Modern's first ever educational podcast. We are your hosts, Natasha and Samiksha. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Ms. Malvika Vardhan. She is a TEDx speaker, a professional conversationalist, drama educator, and managing director of The Hive. She was also a radio presenter on City 1016. Hi, Ms. Malvika. Hi. Hello, ladies. You guys sound great. Oh, thank, thank you so much. <laughs> how are you today? I'm very good. And how are you? We're good. We just had our first day of on-site school. So oh my it. God, what was it like? It was actually really interesting because it was also teacher's day today. Yeah. So it wasn't really studying much. We had a bunch of activities. We had a talent show. So it was really, it was really fun. It was so fun. Awesome, super. Because that's the stuff you really miss in online school, right? All the social yeah, stuff, yeah. the interactions, the the games and the fun and the madness, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really, really fun today. So let's get right into the questions. So how mm-hmm. we found you was basically, um, I'm sure you know um, a family friend of mine. And I attended one of your podcast sessions that you had. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, wow, she is so incredible. She knows so much about this. And I would just absolutely love to interview you. So we're so oh, you're very kind. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's um I've been doing this a while, right? This radio stuff. So sometimes I forget that over time when you do something for as long as this, you kind of accumulate a lot of knowledge about how to do it and it's actually pretty easy stuff so I I keep telling people this that podcasting is is so simple and it's become so simple now that it's just like when Facebook you obviously don't remember this but when Facebook and Instagram first came out people were like oh my god I don't know if we'll ever be able to do this this looks so complicated but now it's just something everyone does right and podcasting has become like that I think by the time you guys get into the job market and you're 22 and 24 and you know, that old, I think everyone will have a podcast. Nobody will have, be handing out CVs anymore. They'll just be handing out their podcast handles and their, you know, Instagram handles and their LinkedIn profiles and everything's going to be digital. So yeah, good stuff, you guys. (laughs) Really sounds interesting, like how the generation is going to grow. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it is, it really is. And I, I mean, um, I'm so glad that audio has become such a big part of your futures as well, right? Because there was a time when everybody thought, actually forever people have been saying that video kills the radio star, but the radio star refuses to die because audio finds a way to revive itself year after year after year. Questions now? Sure, go for it. So the first question we have is, what inspired you to make the decision of running drama workshops in Dubai? Okay, so um, it actually all began, um, so I, I, when I moved to Dubai, I had been doing theater in Bangalore my whole teenage life, right? So drama was a massive part of my school life and my college life, and it was what I lived for. When I moved to Dubai, I was just like, is anybody out here doing any theater? And I managed to find a theater group, and I managed to find some wonderful friends who were doing theater. And we would do plays and then the play would get over and we'd just be like, oh no, we miss rehearsals, we miss each other, we need to find a more, like a way that we can 
be together more often so the hive was actually born as a place for us to hang out and we were just like okay look we can't pay the rent with hanging out so we got to do something around here and so we were like okay let's invite a few kids and and see whether they would be interested in drama workshops and then the drama workshops happened and then they grew and grew and grew and when we first started the hive had like 11 students and then it grew to 40 and 80 and 100 and now we're at like 350 kids so wow a yeah like a lot of people in our yeah, school so also. many people There's so many kids that I know who go to the hive, and I've yeah. heard such good things about it. That's so nice. We can't wait to welcome you guys as well. I mean, um, I must tell you, like the hive is my is is my first and last love. It's what I think about when I wake up in the morning. It's what I think about when I go to bed at night. So sometimes I like have nightmares about some child's exam. <laughs> It's like. <laughs> and yeah sometimes i'm talking to people i'm like and you know my kids did this and then my kids did that and everyone's looking at me like you have kids like oh no 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 sorry i forgot to mention i have 350 kids they all come to the hive <laughs> choose to open drama workshops it's cuz i think drama's life changing i i think everyone should do drama because um it not just gives you confidence but it also gives you like i think it allows you to live other people's lives Mm-hmm. and when you live other people's lives you're a better human being because now if i i mean when i do um when i meet some of my senior students who i'm sure you've met as well because they're all gma students exactly. and when they talk about afghanistan for example they aren't talking about a news story in politics on the front page they're talking about a character that they have played who is from afghanistan do you know what i mean and they're talking when they talk about the conflict in in palestine for example it's like they they know what this character they have lived this character they have been in their shoes so they know what it feels and I, that feeling of empathy is thrown around in the corporate world a lot like i feel like grown ups say it all the time but um oh, i feel like actors really hone that skill of empathy which is so important that is amazing yeah. i feel like we'd never be able to do, do that, that 100% <laughs> neither oh you absolutely would trust me on this you guys walk into a drama class i assure you give me half a year and you will you will get on stage feeling like you've been doing this your whole life <laughs> i'm looking to get yeah, to it yeah. yeah yeah you guys can actually do it much better than adults can do it because i feel adults come with so much of baggage and there's so much of unlearning that needs to happen but um i i feel like your age is just the best age to hang out with and also as human beings <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, I'll definitely try it out. Yeah, you must, you must, you must. So you have in or out of the hive, you have directed dozens of plays. You've directed so many plays. I actually attended one of them in the junction. And I saw you. <laughs> yeah, I attended one of Which them. one was it? Uh, I'm not sure. It was the one with like the list of names. Oh, unlisted. Yes. Yeah. 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 I attended it because one of my friends was in it, so I thought I'd go watch. Um, so you have directed a lot of these plays, and out of all of them, I know this is a hard question, but which one of them would you say holds a very special place in your heart? Okay. So um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Every single one of these plays mean the world to me. Unlisted was actually not directed by me. I only like. Oh. jumped in for a part of the direction process my best friend from school like we've known each other since we were in uh, we we before we were allowed to write with ink pens like we've known each other that long 
So we've known each other since we were nine, and she also is a playwright and a director. And she came to Dubai just to direct Unlisted. So that was um, a piece that she like masterminded and directed, and I just assisted her. But there is one play. There are two plays actually. One is called Seventeen. So Seventeen was a play that I did in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, just before the pandemic. A beautiful play uh, with my senior kids. So they were all your age. Uh, and we talked about the school shootings in the U.S. and about 17 kids and teachers who lost their lives in a particular shooting, and therefore the play was called 17, and it was exactly 17 minutes long. Oh wow! That's so nice. So it was a 17-minute performance that was dedicated to these people who were losing their lives because of a stupid gun law that makes no sense, and. Yeah, it was just a fantastic experience, and I remember walking onto that stage, and we were all just weeping. We were all just crying our eyes out, and there, the audience was crying, and the actors were crying, and we were crying because even though we were sitting all the way here in Dubai, where our laws are completely different and our schools are completely different, we had this feeling like we we knew what it felt like. We understood the struggle. We understood the argument. We understood the the world that these kids, you know, left behind, and so that was a really powerful play. And there's another play that's actually really close to my heart, which was part of the June Festival. It's called Apart, um, and it's basically a play that was entirely devised once again. But it was uh, basically about what it feels like to live in a country that's not your own. You know, um, a lot of us are apart from the people that we love. For someone my age, for example, I'm apart from my parents who live in Bangalore, and that's a very difficult thing. For um, some of our younger students, it was about being apart from their grandparents because of the now they have to move back. It's sometimes you know after a school teacher spends 30 years teaching in a school, when she retires and she has to go back home, that's so weird. Like you're going back to India after your whole life in the UAE. That's that's so strange, right? So it's like all these little vignette monologues and pieces that we had written about being apart from the ones you love and what it means to be an expat in a city. And that's a very, a play that's really, really close to my heart. Wow. I think both these, of us can yeah, relate to it. These plays actually sound so unique and interesting, something I've never really heard of. Because, I mean, usually, the, at least the plays I've watched, they're always remakes of some famous play so yeah. these, these new scripts uh new ideas and topics that are so interesting and i hope to watch one of your plays in the future you can come anytime the, one of the nice things about the hype theater festivals is that we really price to include because we feel like sometimes drama like tickets to go watch a play are like a hundred bucks and it's like really expensive yeah and you've got to then take a cab and go somewhere and then all the associated costs and suddenly it's like what that was an expensive evening um so we really price at like 25 dirhams and 30 dirhams so we make it super super cheap and easy to access so that people can come and watch it and uh, yeah we'd love to come and perform at school so you let me know when <laughs> so the third question we have for you today is that what is one of the biggest challenges you have faced while mounting a play and how did you overcome the challenge um, there are multiple challenges when you do a play. Um, sometimes it's something as simple as budgets, right? When you're doing a play, you may want to build a four-bedroom 
villa on stage because that's what the play demands but you don't always have the capacity to do that but i think what makes uh, theater people actually really good at event um related businesses is that we can make anything out of anything you give us a cardboard box and we'll you know we'll make something out of it we'll make a puppet out of it or we'll make a we'll, we'll make something out of it so the number one struggle is always uh budgets like budgeting a play is very difficult and i think the more young people learn how to manage money and budgets it really really helps the second thing is actually the fear every time i do a play every time we direct a festival every time we're about to go on stage i cannot tell you how much anxiety i have i have crippling self doubt the day before i wake up with nightmares i am like okay all the parents that come all our audience members are going to hate it they're going to think it's horrible they're going to think it's meaningless um and then they'll be like okay what did you spend 6 months working on this is ridiculous every single time every term and i think that is the hardest thing about doing theater is you're really putting yourself out there right like you it's your it's your words and it's your thoughts and it's your story and you're offering it to this audience and you're hoping that they buy into this thing which is actually pretty nonsensical if you think about it like you watch unlisted there is no box and there is no room and there is no school but you're just hoping that people get it and that fear is is real <laughs> Well, yeah. You definitely have nothing to worry about. I was so amazed by the production value, how much emotion was going into the play itself. And it was yeah. something that I think everyone in the audience could relate to. So Yeah, we hoped to. We hoped to actually when we made Unlisted, we made it because after 17, I felt like we needed to address this uh, address an issue that was actually happening in schools right now. And a lot of adults and a lot of parents that I talked to about lists and you know this whole rating culture in schools and calling people out on instagram and you know defaming people by saying some pretty nasty things about them they're like what that happens i mean you're telling me that nobody's done anything about it you're telling me that there there is not a cyber security team already on this I'm like no actually it happens every single day there are girls being called out for you know looking a certain way or for dressing a certain way or for being a certain way and it's ridiculous because it's 2021 guys exactly i mean it's 2021 <laughs> yeah um yeah. so as you said you've been doing drama since you were about our age 13 14 your whole teenage life to up till now which is incredible staying dedicated to something for such a long period of time just you can really tell that you love what you do you absolutely love what you do I really do. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've received whether it be from your drama teachers or your students or your friends? What would be the best piece of advice you've received? There's so many pieces of advice I've received from so many people. Um my parents are big supporters of what I do. and it's not so much advice as uh like every time there's a new project i take on or a new term or a new anything the first person i call and tell is my mom and she's like i i keep telling her like mom pray for me new term is going to start mom pray for me i just met a school principal mom pray for me so she's my prayer in charge so that's a big support system my sister is one of the most pragmatic i mean one of the most practical level headed intelligent women in the world 
um she lives in singapore and she works with google and she's clearly the smarter one of the two of us but she gives me all the business advice that i need so when i whenever i've got to make any big business decisions i always ask my sister and she's my go to for that um but speaking of teachers actually today being teachers day i um discovered drama in school okay so i went to a school that was extremely academic um to the point where it was a fault they had no interest in anything outside of academics and it was like one of those super regimented schools but the one thing they did right is hire a drama teacher so my school drama teacher was the first person who looked at me and said you know you should really consider pursuing performing arts uh, maybe i can see if there's some college somewhere that can offer you a scholarship or something and i didn't get a scholarship okay and i didn't apply to a performing arts uh, college in undergrad because there was no way my family would have been able to afford it it was way beyond what my family could afford right way 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 beyond to go to the us and the uk and study and stuff was like forget about it but just knowing that there was one person in this world who saw me as worthy of that that for me was a game changer and i think teachers often forget that like they forget how important it is to meet their kids and be their champions and tell them that hey look you you know you are actually exceptionally good at this or you are you are a future einstein or a future greta thunberg or a future <laughs> leader in some way because i mean correct me if i'm wrong right your parents will obviously always say nice things about you because they birthed yeah, you yeah. i mean like obviously they think you're amazing uh, or they'll be super critical but one way or the other you know what your parents take on you is but and and your you know by the time you enter the work world there's a completely different dynamic so the first people outside your house who speak of you in in great words are your teachers and if they don't support you then and and if some if like a teacher tells you that you're useless then you really believe it and similarly when a teacher ch- tells you that you're a champion and you're a leader you really believe it you buy into it over time and it makes a world of difference so yeah i think both of us natasha and i can agree that we're <laughs> so grateful and privileged to have such nice teachers in our school who really really uh, push us to be the best of our ability yeah yeah and who look out for you you know and sometimes we just nudge you and be like hey why are you not taking up that opportunity or why are you not starting that podcast or why are you not thinking of that you know college why why did you just exclude yourself from that opportunity without needing to and that's a big one that's a really big one and, and it's a like- to end this interview can you please describe the talent of students at hive with one word and why you pick that word <laughs> um i think you have to be careful with this answer because they're all listening in right now yeah i know right <laughs> uh, i think i think of my kids as change makers yeah because i am actually not a big fan of talent i feel like talent is one thing right some people can sing some people can't but for me i think when you take that talent and you use it to be change makers in the world that is a powerful thing that's a really really powerful thing like i was uh, listening to a podcast um this morning actually 
by uh, one of my favorite writers and his name is Haruki Murakami and I was listening to, I was listening to one of his audiobooks and he said something so interesting he said I've never actually been a talented novelist I've just been the most hard working person in the room and with his work and that ethic like that ability to take your talent and make something of it because you are at it all the time i think that is a that is a really powerful thing so i and i see my kids and from the 4 year olds to the 18 year olds who are probably like your classmates and stuff i don't see them as teenagers i really see them as change makers like i follow the stuff you guys write about and i i read your instagram posts and i see the issues you guys are tackling and you know the causes that you talk about whether that's race or gender or um classism or casteism or any of these things or climate and i'm like okay you know the planet is in good hands cuz these kids have their priorities right actually you guys have it right way more than we do and yeah i i love love hanging out with you all because you have such fresh ideas and such great perspectives that put our generation in our place which is what we need <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet of you honestly thank you so much for coming on here talking to us and i think you've convinced us both to join the hive and start <laughs> hey, any time the hive is home so you just have to come you don't have to don't worry about signing up and finding a course and becoming actors just come come and hang out come be with us come be in the space and give us your energy that's all we need <laughs> so nice thank yeah thank you for having having me and keep doing this girls trust me on this on the other side of 25 when you when you are whatever 500 episodes of this podcast down mm-hmm. trust me you'll be glad you didn't stop <laughs> thank you so much for the motivation i'm really grateful for it and for everyone listening in thank you so much for um listening to the podcast yes the first episode of season 2 we couldn't have got to the first season without- <laughs> So thank you so much for listening in and we will see you next, next week. week. Yep, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>